It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. Good afternoon and welcome along to Wednesday's Late Lunch with myself, Joan Larkin, again sitting in for Jerry. Lots to be going on with this afternoon, so I do hope you can stay tuned and don't forget you can text or WhatsApp us on 086-1800-658. Now, a hot topic the last couple of days. New proposals being voted on today could threaten the future of bingo halls countrywide, including the 32-year-old Gibstown drive-in bingo and end what many people say is the only social night out for the local community. Well, the chairman of Gibstown Hall Committee, John O'Dwyer, joins me on the line now to tell me all about the community bingo and how these new proposals may affect that. How are you, John? I'm good, John, and thanks for having me on. Not at all. Be if the government weren't trying to do this to us four suckers in country land. In well, any event, well, we're delighted to have you, John. We're, we're waiting to see what happens. But tell me about your own situation. Tell me about the Gibstown Weekly Bingo and and how long that's been running. Yeah, we have a bingo in Gibstown Hall every Sunday night, and it's been running since about 1966, 67. Um, it's a social event. Um, we've people that we just come to know, like we're like a bingo family. Uh, when somebody is ill, it affects everybody that's at the hall. We have a little minute of silence when somebody passes on. It's a friendly, sociable bingo, and for a lot of people, an awful lot of people, it's the only social activity that they have. They don't go to the pub. They go. They don't go to the horses. They come to the bingo. And for the value of their bingo, Joan, they get they pay maybe a tenner for their books, but they get two hours of social entertainment, interaction with people of their own age group, of their own interests. They might have the little snacks with them. You, I, I call the numbers regularly and looking down and to see and hear the giggles and the fun that's happening there. Like, it's a social event. It's, it's, it's wrong that bingo is included in the whole... Um, umbrella cover of a lottery because it's far from a lottery. A lottery is very instant. Bingo is a social event. A lot of people would make that argument, all right, and how how many people on average would you have there every week? It varies, um, and every hall will tell you this, John. Um, well, we have uh, construction work going on at the moment, so our patrons have been very good and put up with the inconvenience. So in the last couple of weeks, we would have had an average of 55 or 60 people, which is not financially viable going forward. But we know our patrons are good and when our construction works are finished, we'll be back to our more usual numbers, which are usually only around 90 to 100 people. So it's not a major event and it doesn't generate a lot of, a lot of income for us. And like last Sunday night, we would have taken a loss. But these new rules, if we were to try and implement them as they were written, we'd be in serious trouble with our Sunday night bingo, as would all the other local club and parish bingos. And of course the Minister um, um, David Stanton said the changes that he's introducing to, to this bill are modest. He says they'll have no impact on bingo games throughout the country. What do you say to that? I say he, he should have spoken to the people who run bingo before he made those comments. I heard a comment from, I don't know, was it the Minister or a government spokesman after the protest at the gates of the Dáil last night and the, the, the comment was that um, there are moderate changes and they're going to ensure that charities get at least 25% of the proceeds. And that leads me to believe that the politicians think that there's commercial promoters running bingo under the pretext of running for a charity, pocketing a lot of money and giving pittance to the charities. But in reality, that's not the situation on the ground. 
So um, how does it work then, John? Tell us how it, how it does work. You come in, people come in, they buy their bingo book for, say, 10 euros. And, and then only then you can determine the prize money by the amount of people that turn up. Is that it? Well, if, if I'm to apply it as is written in the current act, that's the way it would have to be. I couldn't announce the prize money until I know how much money I've taken in. Mm. I must take 25% of that out. Um, not less than 25%. So a minimum of 25% has to go to the philanthropic purpose, which is on the licence. And, and in our situation, it's for the upkeep and development of Gibson Community Hall. Um, so we're asking patrons to come in, buy their books and sheets, and wait for us to tell them how much they're going to play for. Like, it wouldn't happen anywhere else, you know. I know, but what, what would it usually be? Like, have you an average figure of what the prize might be on any given week? We give out, uh, I think our total is 1,200 quid on a, a Sunday night. That's the total? Yeah. OK, so if 50% of that is to go, or what the new proposals are, is it going to affect you badly? Do you think it's going to be as bad as they say, that the, the halls will just close down? It's going to affect people because um, of the way the Act is written. Is um, If I can't announce my prize money until after I know how much money I've taken at the door, then the prize money is going to fluctuate. If we have bad weather, we have a bad crowd. If there's a football match on somewhere else and team supporters have travelled from the community, we're going to have a fall in numbers. Now, there's a lot of uh, things that affect us from a week to week. And an overall, across the year, we might break even or make a few pounds. But we do it because it is a social aspect and we want to keep it alive. But if I have to reduce my prizes, then my numbers are going to drop. And if the numbers drop, I have to reduce the prizes further. And like it's like a, a kind of perpetual motion at that stage. And you think people are going there because if, if you have one week where you have a lot of money and a great big prize, then people will continue to come. And if, if, if the prize money is slashed, then people won't bother going out on these, these cold old nights in the winter especially. They won't bother. Right. I think it'll, it'll affect people. Um, they'll, they'll make their decisions based on what they consider good and fair value. I mean, I, I would have said, like, bingo is self-regulating and that the punters themselves know when a bingo is good and fair. And if the, if the bingo is not given value for money, the punters walk, they, they, they give you a measure with their legs and no bums on seats. So it's self-regulating. But I, I really think the politicians didn't think this true. I think they were trying to hit the commercial aspect and make sure that money was to go where it was supposed to go. But mm. my lottery permit, my lottery licence, has Gibstown Hall on the licence. We run it, we are volunteers, and any money that's left over goes into our account for the upkeep. And like, as I said to you at the start, we're doing a, a big project at the moment. It's cost us three quarters of a million. Most of our funding for that has come from, we'd say, prudent financial management, but it's from the results of our combined bingos over the last 20 years that we've been saving up and saving up for this. But we're taking on debt of 200,000 and we'll be dependent on the bingo future going forward to help manage that debt. But this could have a very negative effect on us. And now what he's proposing is, is an amendment to the, the Gaming and Lotteries Bill. So 25%, the proposal suggests that 25% of the bingo proceeds will go to charity, 25% to the bingo operators and 50% to prize winners. That's a big change. But the Minister, of course, claims that you were allowed to take 40% of the proceeds and that charities ended up with very little. But as you say, it depends how many bums on seats. Yeah, but John, it depends on who's running the bingo. Um, for most of the bingos in the rural communities, they're running it for themselves. They are the charity. So if they keep 40%, it's gone into the charity account. I think the minister is confusing us little rural bingos and the local parish and club bingos with the commercial entities that tour the country and do big bingos in different hotels. And maybe they're purporting to do it for a charity. I don't know the insides of those, but I think he's got this one wrong. And there's a knock-on effect, John, and nobody is talking about it. The weekly lotto for the local GAA club, the local soccer club, or whatever other sporting athletic club, they have their weekly envelopes. The wording of this act is going to prevent them from doing a jackpot because the lottery event is, you can give up to 30,000 a week. But as we all know, a lottery has a rollover. And maybe after a year, the jackpot in a local community could be 16,000. But on the, basis of, on the basis of the way the law is written, when they go to hold that draw next Monday, they can only give out 50% of the money they took in since the last draw, which was the previous Monday. Monday. So this is going to be the death knell for the lotto, for the local GA club, soccer club, all those little basic lottos. 
I mean, there's collateral damage here, and I do not think the politicians thought this one through. It's no wonder they couldn't buy a printer to fit into the house. They just can't think outside the box. <laughs> well, what do you think should be done now, John? What's the answer to this then? In the previous act, uh, you could take up to 40%. That's a load of horlicks. But you could give up to 80% in prizes. Right. The limit on prizes is the problem. Because you cannot... It's the way it's worded. If they give us a protocol on that it's fairness, like, I mean... We're not out to screw the public. We're not out to put money in. Most of the people running bingos, there's, there is commercial bingo halls in Dublin and there's one in Salt Hill. And they run a, I know the one in Salt Hill runs a great operation. But they're not making fortunes out of it. They're getting a weekly wage, so they're not creaming off the expenses. So I then wh- wh- what is the issue with then exactly? What is, I, I mean, you're saying that it, this is a community-based um, bingo, all these halls around the country, all the money goes back into the upkeep of the halls and, and it goes back into the local community. Then how do you think they got this so wrong, in your opinion? In my opinion, they looked at um, that the possibility maybe looking overseas where there's commercial operators running bingo. They run it on the basis of borrowing the licence or the permit or getting a licence we'll call it Charity X, so they're running it for Charity X. They make a lot of money in the year. They give Charity X a pittance and they pocket the rest. Oh, right. I, think that's, I think that's what they believe is happening. But we, I can show any minister our accounts from the last 20 years in our bingo and they can see clearly where our money is going. That some of the money that's not gone into Gibson Hall has gone into sponsoring stuff in local schools, local charities. We put in, um, we bought stuff for our church, put in a radio system so mass could be help, help put it in, so mass could be broadcast to the sick and invalided people in our parish. It is community money, and it's the heart. Like my, my mother passed away um, seven years ago. My father died fifty years ago, unfortunately. Bingo was the only outlet my mother had. Without bingo, she would have been housebound. She never drank. She never got into any of the real vices of life. Bingo was her voice, and what a harmless voice it was. Mm. But it brought her out to meet her companions. She she developed new friendships at bingo, and that's happening all over the country, and we can see it every week. As I said, we consider our patrons to be our bingo family, and that's what it's like. So it's very much a lifeline for the local community, especially the elderly. Yeah, and we have mixed age groups. Like our drive-in bingo is different. We get a lot of young people that are driving, um, and that's I think it's just a novelty in the fact that yeah. we we run a very good bingo and have good prizes. Yeah, I was reading something online last night, and we just let me to read this. Yeah, it says um, bingo is designed as a day after a day, an afternoon, or a night out entertainment activity. A lottery draw is a single a single quick event, but bingo games are a process that provide entertainment, build suspense and kills time for players. You not only go to bingo, but you have your little snack and you socialise with friends and strangers. It's a fun time away from home with the chance of winning a little bit of cash. And I think that's the perfect description of bingo. That sums it up. John, thanks a million. We'll be keeping an eye on this story throughout the day to see how it unfolds. But for now, John, thank you so much for your time. Okay, and thank you for giving me a chance. Not at all. My pleasure. Bye-bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. And you're very welcome back to Late Lunch. Now, would you like a night out in Christmas week to get you into the old festive spirit? Well, the Station House Hotel in Kilmessen is welcoming the return of international singer Brian Kennedy for his Christmas concert. It's on Monday, the 23rd of December at 8 o'clock. Now, Brian will be performing his best hits and some Christmas tunes as well to get you into the festive spirit. For tickets and pre-dinner bookings, you can call to the Station House Hotel or you can get them online at stationhousehotel.ie. But we have a pair of tickets along with a four-course pre-show dinner to give away. Now, all you have to do is answer this very simple question for me. Where is Brian Kennedy from? Where in Ireland is Brian Kennedy from? Text or WhatsApp us on 086-1800-658 and you could be going along there to the Station House in Kilmessen for dinner and a lovely concert with Brian Kennedy on the 23rd of December. Now, staying with things musical, did you know that a local man is responsible for one of our most popular and well-known hymns, the hymn called Angels on High? Well, it's about to be performed in Drogheda this weekend. Now we have well-known composer and musician Michael Houlihan on the line to tell us all about it. How are you, Michael? Um, very well, but very busy. <laughs> very, very busy. Um, yes, I'm afraid so. There's lots of things to be tied up and that kind of rehearsals. 
Listen, uh, Michael, busy Busy's yeah, always yeah. a good complaint. Busy's always a good complaint. Of course, you're really well known yourself for your work in music composition and performance. But tell me a little bit about your interest in this particular piece of music, Angels on High, and how, how you came to learn that it had a local connection. Um, well, actually, uh, after the concert in the flat in August, the Earth of Drada, I was approached by by Des, Des Grant uh, from the Drada Leader, and Des uh, said, told me about this about this story about this famous family in Drogheda in the 1800s, the Chadwicks, who owned all the linen and flax mills of Drogheda, like the Marsh Road um, and Ushers and over Flax Mill Lane. Mm. And the, the Chadwick family had a big family and they lived uh, out near Mornington. And one of their sons, uh, James, was sent to St. Cuthbert's College in Durham in England for his education. They were actually uh, unusually a Catholic family and uh, it was a seminary school and James stayed on to become a priest and he became the Archbishop of Newcastle, uh, Hexham and North East England. He was a very famous theologian, Louise, but in 1862 he liked the, the hymn so much, this Les Anges dans nos compagnies, the French hymn, that he made a translation of the hymn um, and and with St. Luke's Gospels created Angels We Have Heard on High, the four verses which have now become world famous. Absolutely Um, world famous, a beautiful piece of music. Yes, yes indeed, with verses and the chorus being the famous Gloria, which was a Gregorian chant. So uh, there are other versions, but but Chadwick's version... um, has become uh, the most popular. And um, he was to give the first sermon in the Augustinian Church in 1866 when the church was being consecrated. But because he was made bishop, he couldn't come. But later on, he came and he made a visit, a special visit to Drogheda, where he married his niece in the old church of Mornington. He made a kind of a triumphant return visit as the, as the Archbishop of North East England. Wow, it surely was all right. And I, I suppose looking, at, I mean, you're in, in the music business, in composition. And if we can talk about yourself for a second, looking at your work over the last 40 years and beyond, are, are you still influenced by the same things or have things changed an awful lot in music in the last few years? Ah, uh, yes, I think things, yes, things have changed and fashions have changed. Like when I was writing first, I was writing I suppose extremely experimental work, but in the last few years, I've been really looking into history and particularly zoning in on the history of my family and history of Drada. Like, and the heirs of Drada concert was all tunes I found that were used in Drada in the 1700s and 1800s. And this is a continuation. I, I, I feel this is the end of the journey. The crowning finale of the concert in the Augustinian will be Angels We've Heard on High and. As I say, I'm, I'm delighted to be doing this for the uh, Strada Alzheimer's branch, the Augustinian Venezuelan Project, and the Barlow House Restoration Fund of the Stairs. So uh, I'm delighted to be doing that. And So that's uh, this I, weekend? Yeah, on the 8th, Sunday at 8pm. Sunday at 8pm. So let's recap yeah. on that just to make sure people know where it's on and when it's on. Well, it's on in, in the Augustinian Church, Shop Street. Okay. At 8pm. And it's the tickets are fifteen euro, and they are available at the Augustinian shop or the Dritted Arts Centre in Stockwell Street, and at the door on the night. You must be looking forward to it very much, are you? I am. We have huge forces at work. We have the full trade of singers' choir, the Bond Valley Orchestra. I have fantastic singers and soloists: Mick O'Brien, Amy uh, Dyer, Han O'Brien, all the local draw they're all taking a verse each because we're giving this carol back this is the re-premiere of the carol and the Chadwick family are buried under the Augustinian church in the vaults so this is going to be very special this and the Chadwick we just discovered the Chadwick's coat of arms is on the stained glass window over the altar Oh, so it's going to be a really special day. Oh, you couldn't be doing it in a better place. What a lovely tribute. So that's this Sunday, 8 o'clock, uh, the 8th of December this weekend. So listen, thank you so much for your time, Michael. I have to wrap it up there. Thank you very much. The best of luck with it. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. 
You're very welcome back to Late Lunch and I am delighted to be joined now by a man who really needs no introduction at all, a household name and a legend in the music business and a true gentleman. Paddy Cole, you are very welcome to Late Lunch. How are you? Thank you very much, John. I'm great, thank God, and um, delighted to be on your show and hello to all your listeners. And uh, yeah, I'm a good form, good form, thank God, yeah. Now you've been a busy, busy fellow and uh, we were hoping to get you in earlier, but you you have a lot on your plate and you're doing an awful lot of stuff and especially yesterday, something happened yesterday that was very special indeed. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? I, that was when I was in Casablanca, was it? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I was down in Casablanca. Actually, well, it was actually the anniversary masses for my family, the, um, my father, mother, and Sadie. And then some people were over from America, and they unveiled a mural to me down there uh, some weeks back. And some people were over from America from a newspaper there, and they wanted me to pose for photographs at the mural with themselves and some of the party uh, just for one of the newspapers in America. I don't know which one it is even, you know. But um, How was that for you? How does that feel, having a mural unveiled to your good self? Well, it was a bit embarrassing at the, at the start, being honest, which like, <laughs> when I met the committee, like from the Arts Council and the people from the, there's a regeneration of the Tony Casablanca committee set up. And when they approached me, there's a wall of fame already there down at the hotel. And we're all on it. Every reprobate you could think of that played music <laughs> is on it. But um, I thought it was just an extra thing going on that. And she, yeah. when she said to me, Anne-Marie McHugh said, we'll, we'll go and see the site. And when I went down and saw a two-story building, the whole side of the building, I said, my God, oh my. And at that time, there were six artists, six painters in, had been commissioned for it. And they were looking for to do it. And the guy that did it, um, the artists actually got 10,000 to do it. They had fellas from Japan and everything trying to do it. Now, the fellas from Japan had me flying across the sky with sparks coming out of me and everything. <laughs> so I was uh, <laughs> I said, I'm hard enough, getting it hard enough to walk around at this stage of the game. But um, uh, anyway, the guy that did it did a good job. Now, I kept You're happy with I it. I left him alone. Happy with it, yeah. Uh, like uh, somebody said quite innocently, it looks like, yeah. And I said, well, that's a good start. <laughs> it's supposed to, says you. <laughs> sure, yeah. Isn't it something lovely for the family to have a look at? They must be so proud yeah, of you when they see it. Yeah, and... and uh, all my family were down. Helen was down, and my son Pat and all his family, and then all my sisters and Monaghan, and uh, they were all there, and uh, so they were they were delighted with it, you know. But you always get a little bit nostalgic at a time like that because I actually was I mentioned it when I said a few words, thinking of my father and mother and my older sister who would have been thrilled a bit, you know, like to be yeah. there, but Lord rest and they're gone now. So yeah, but anyway, it's but it's. it's it's a nice honour. Isn't a nice it lovely? Honor. And, and yeah. it's lovely too at the end of the year to have something lovely like that because this, this year, 2019, has, has been pretty tough on the entertainment industry in this country, hasn't it, Paddy? A lot of well-known faces, a lot of your close friends we lost oh, this year. That must God, have been tough. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, uh, like, well, like the likes of Sonny Knowles and, of course, Brenda Grace and Gabe Bourne and all those then guys. Neil Tobin, and yeah. Neil Tobin there recently. Yeah. And I did a lot of work with Neil Tobin, the Bremer Rooms and all those places. But, uh, like, and Brenda Grace is well documented mm. that uh, he he was actually preparing for the concert with us all and with the Forget-Me-Nots choir. Yeah. And then when he took ill in Galway and was in the hospital, we thought it was pneumonia. Yeah. And uh, we thought the concert might be put back. But then, my God, when he got the word and uh, that he was... And we did the concert in the Olympia. It's, it's coming out, I think it's coming out on television at Christmas. Um, it, it, it was a happy night and it was a sad night in ways because they actually put footage up of Brendan in the hospital bed the day before he died. And uh, asking people like to enjoy themselves. Oh God, it was heartbreaking stuff, you know. But, oh, um, it was. Yeah, I can. He was imagine. a very brave man at the end. I have to say, very brave. he, he yeah. was. You knew him very well, did you, Paddy? I knew him extremely well. I did a lot of work with him uh, in all the cabaret places at that time, like Contarf Castle, the Bremer Rooms, particularly. And he was a great guy to work with. Neil Tobin was a little bit standoffish. He was a bit, a bit of a briar at times, being honest with you. But uh, 
He's like a very professional man, don't get me wrong. And I, I used to play golf with him for my sins. He was a tough man to play golf with as well. <laughs> but uh, but uh, Brendan Grace would always go out of his way to try and put you in good form when he arrived in. And I've said this before, uh, one night sticks in my mind when he came in. And he was very heavy at this stage. And he said, Paddy, I stood on the, the speaking weighing scales today. And the scales said, one at a time, please. Oh. And, said, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you were in great form straight away, laughing. And he'd tell stories against himself. And uh, as you know, Joan, I do a program on Sunday mornings on Sunshine Radio here yes, in Dublin. Indeed. And if you, if you put, I do a comedy slot. And any time Brenda Grace was on it, I always got an old a card of some sort there during the week afterwards. Yeah. Which like um, yeah. they tell you a lot of people like that you would have won and all that and that that's the end of it. Like but for him to think of all that and his agent here would tell him and many a time the card came from America. You know yeah. to, that he took the time he, to thank people. He took the time and uh, another time he was wearing a pair of American galluses as we call them. You're too young to remember that braces for holding oh. up your pants. All right. And uh, Gattis is... And, and I said, they're real American ones, Brenda. They're very wide and all that. You see. Yeah. A week later, I got a package with a, a pair of American Gattis. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, but he was all real. I had the pleasure of meeting him myself once in, a, in another radio station where I worked one time and um, yeah. I asked him would he would he mind posing for a photograph with me and one yeah. of my colleagues took the phone to take the photograph and he got me in this unmerciful bear hug and <laughs> I wasn't expecting it and our two faces are squished together and it's the best I, photograph it's so funny because I'm so oh surprised my. and he's just grinning ear to ear it's I, a brilliant picture yeah, oh, you treasure that. I do I treasure that. it I do yeah. treasure it yeah so tell yeah. me about Tell me about yourself. You're still out there. Of course, you're broadcasting, as you say, and, and you're gigging still. I, I mean, you're kept very, very busy. How do you do it? I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not as busy as, as I was. I've pulled by quite a bit. I've no band of my own, but I do some concerts. I do spots on concerts. And uh, I'm, on, I'm involved at the moment with the Dickie Rock Farewell Tour. We're doing a lot of concerts and a lot of mm. theatres around the place. In actual fact, on the, the 12th of... Uh, December, we're over in Knightsbrook, over in Trim. Over in Trim. Mm. Yeah, and it's a good show. And then the following Saturday, and the following Saturday, I'm doing a thing for James Cafferty in the Ashbourne House Hotel, the Joe Dolan show. And I'm really looking forward to that. All Joe Dolan's hits and that. And I, I do a half hour or so on that as well. And I like getting playing, but I like, I like, uh, playing with good musicians, good bands, and they're all good shows. They're going to be great shows. So sure, that's brilliant music, yeah. There, we'd like to see them at those, yes. So in Trim but, um, and in Ashburn? Yeah, Trim on the 12th and Ashburn on the 14th. But I, I, this time of year, I used to go and do the cruise ships out of Fort Lauderdale. But um, I, I pulled away from that because the agent in New York, when he phoned me like last Christmas, 12 months now, I stopped doing them. And he, he said, Paddy, I'd like you to do that trip again after Christmas. And I said, Andy, by the time I get to Fort Lauderdale, I, and I even saying to myself, now I tell this against myself, I'm saying, how am I going to get off the hook with this guy? How am I going to tell him I'm not going? Yeah. And all that. And uh, I said, when I get to Fort Lauderdale now, Andy, I feel like sleeping for a week. He just said, oh, that would not suit me, Paddy. But thank you anyway. Bang, hung up. <laughs> That was it. I was gone. I thought it was the deepest for You thought you were going to have a job in persuading yeah, him not yeah. to... And no, he just said, right, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Good, God bless. That was it. <laughs> but that just shows you, doesn't it, how things have changed as well over the oh, years. I mean, yeah. you've been gigging a good many years now and, and things have changed a lot, I'm sure, in the last 10, yeah, 20, 30 seen, years. I have seen some changes. I started so. off playing a Morris Lynch's band in the late 50s, mid-50s to late 50s, so I was still at school. And uh, then I joined the Capital Show in 1960. And uh, we walked all over America, Canada, uh, the Middle East, of course, mm. England, uh, Scotland, and, and, and Ireland, all the trips we had in Ireland. And uh, then I went to Las Vegas with Brenda Boyer and Tom Dunfield, the late Tom Dunfield, the boys, but did five years there. And uh, that was a great band as well. They were all good bands. I was lucky that way. And then when I started the Paddy Cole Superstars, some of the boys in the Big Eight had stayed at home as well. And I started doing a lot of corporate work around Dublin and uh, 
different corporate things. There was a lady called Marjorie Courtney, and she used to do most of the bookings for the corporate, for the big companies, and she was very good to us. We got a lot of that work. And uh, a local guy there in, in Florida, David Leddy, he was my keyboard player for all those gigs with the Paddy yeah. Cole Superstars. Great musician, great guy. And I, I had the great pleasure of being asked to the TLT earlier on in the year when they were celebrating 10 years, their 10th anniversary. And we had a great night there. David had his choir and there were loads of different artists on. I enjoyed that. I always enjoy meeting Tommy Leddy. He's oh, a he's a great man altogether, a great, great character. What, yeah. what's, what do you miss most from those years, Paddy? Well, at the moment now, uh, nobody in the business would miss the travelling, I would say. Yeah. And I'm enjoying not travelling so much, um, but I still like to play. And uh, I, I still like to, to play the instrument, and like I said, particularly with good bands, good musicians and that. And... Uh, that's why I do the spots and the concerts and that, just to keep playing, to keep going. And uh, I miss the camaraderie with a lot of the guys in the business. And unfortunately, like you pointed out earlier, a lot of them are gone now. Mm, like, and, uh, sadly, yeah. Uh, at that stage, like uh, where uh, I look at photographs now of uh, groups of guys and, uh, and a lot of them, I'm the only one left standing. Oh, which is, <laughs> yeah, which is sometimes can be... Uh, well, you, you always miss the guys. And, uh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah they, I suppose the playing is the one thing that uh, I would miss doing. I, I, I like doing a bit of playing still. Now, I, I, like I said, I have pulled back quite a lot. I used to do the showman tour after Christmas, 38 or 39 gigs, but I pulled out of that as well. It was too much travel up and down the country. That's uh, hard going, stand, isn't it? Yeah, know, that's hard going. going. Tough going. Hard going. Yeah. Playing somewhere one night, packing up, moving on the next night. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. It is. So yeah. are you keeping quiet for Christmas then? Will you be at home for Christmas this year? I'll be at home. I'll be at home for Christmas. Uh, my son, Pierce, he lives in Canada with his wife and kids. They're coming home. My daughter, Karen, is coming home for a week before Christmas because I'm celebrating a big birthday on the 17th of December. That's right. And Yeah, a big eight o. And, uh, a big roundy one, as people would say. A big roundy one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Karen is coming home for that as well. And my son, Pat, he was uh, out in Silicon Valley for years. He's back home and uh, with four four grandchildren. And we have nine grandchildren all together now. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, Is there yeah, a big party, Paddy? No. We're, going, we're just going to have... Um, a family get together, if right. you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Just a family get together because we tied with the idea, and the family tied with the idea of a party, and then they came up with the idea of where do you start and where do you finish, and yeah. uh, so we said we just have a sort of an intimate uh, meal out with the family, and they get, they get together for the week or so, and yeah. Uh, and, and then, of course, you're rolling like, on into Christmas. Then after that, so that's going to be a quiet Christmas. one, is it? Yeah, going to be a we we. Uh, a few of us play at Midnight Mass up in Beechwood Avenue here in Dublin every year. We start we started doing it about six or seven years ago, and the, the, at that time the church was freezing. There were very few people going. Now Midnight Mass nowadays, as you know, is at half six. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but we, <laughs> now I started getting the kids up to sing all the jingle bells and Rudolph and all that afterwards. And now the church is packed, and uh, we do that. Every year, Kieran Tourish from Alton and uh, Julian Vignoles that worked on RTE for yes. years. Julian plays keyboards with us. And, and my, my granddaughter, Ruby, she plays flute with us. She plays in an orchestra as well now. She's only 14, but she's a very good, very good musician. Fabulous. So the and, talent has passed down through the generations. Well, hopefully, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes when they take a look at me, they probably say, Oh, I'll keep away from that. Oh, will but, you stop? Uh, <laughs> My God almighty. Will you be cooking the dinner this year, Paddy? No, Helen, Helen will be cooking the dinner. She, Helen's a very good cook and I leave that to her. And if they heard I was cooking the dinner, uh, <laughs> as one of my sons said one time, you're famous for your cooking for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> so uh, They'd I, stay I, away. That was, that was one time when I, I made porridge and offered it to them and they looked at it uh, with disdain and didn't take it. So Oh, really? <laughs> How could you go Just, wrong making porridge I, now? That's, that's what I, Helen, my wife, says. How could you go so wrong with making porridge? What did but you do? Anyway, do you want, like my granny used to put salt in it? I put all sorts of things uh, and turmeric and all these ah. herbs. 
And it looked a terrible looking colour for a start. So oh, God. They wouldn't, oh, they ran from it. They ran from it. So. Okay, so you're not cooking the dinner, but you will partake in it. But you'll have a lovely... I, I will, and I'm looking forward to Christmas. Do I you like Christmas? You, you do I'm like saying. Christmas. Yeah, I do. I do. I enjoy it, thank God. And uh, I, I was up in Castlebany yesterday, as you said, and uh, with my sisters. And uh, we went and had a cup of coffee and... Uh, scone afterwards and we talked about old times and that and uh, I keep in touch with the family all the time which is wonderful you know that's so, lovely uh, and of course now you've got all the grandchildren as well so it really renews the whole Christmas thing doesn't oh, it oh yeah and my oldest granddaughter Sadie she's gone on 17 they're now at the stage uh, where they're kind of leading me across the road hold on Papi don't move we'll take you across <laughs> you know take a bit <laughs> I feel like saying to them, I'm not that far gone yet. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So tell us then about these shows that are coming up, where they're on and when they're on, and how can people get tickets to come and see you? Uh, Well, those shows that I mentioned, Mm. they're they're the ones that are coming up. That's the 12th. uh, In Trim. The 12th in Trim Mm. in the Knightsbrook. And you can get tickets there at the hotel. And uh, the James Caffery one in the... Ashbourne House Hotel uh, at the hotel as well, at the Ashbourne House Hotel. Wonderful. So they're coming up now next week and the week after. So if you want tickets to that, just go online, I presume, or pop into the pop into the hotels and they'll yeah, exactly they'll have tickets them. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paddy, it's been an absolute pleasure. I wish I had more time to talk to you. Oh, well, look, it's my pleasure as well. And a happy Christmas to you and everyone at the station. I know the station's very successful. And a happy Christmas to you all and to all your listeners. Thank you, Paddy. And the next time you're down this neck of the woods, do try and drop into us. We'd love I'll to see you. I'll drop in for a mug of tea. Do, indeed. Yeah. And listen, an early <laughs> happy birthday from all of us here in LMFM. Oh, a big roundy one. <laughs> Have a great I time. <laughs> Thank you, Paddy. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 The Late Launch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. New Year low APR finance is now available across the range. And you're very welcome back to Late Lunch. Well, wasn't Paddy Cole just a complete delight to talk to there? Loads of people have been texting in uh, wishing him a very, very happy birthday. There's a message in particular to Paddy Cole this weekend. Best wishes for your birthday from Martin and Miriam McArdle in Carlingford. And they say they're looking forward to seeing you, Paddy. And there's loads more as well. But I've just a couple of things to mention just before we go to the Community Diary. We have a coffee morning cake sale and raffle remembering the late Paddy Pryle on Friday, the 6th of December. That's this Friday at the home of Pamela. Pryle, that's 15 Castledew and at Lumley in Navan. Now it's going to be going on all day from 10 o'clock on Friday morning and all proceeds there will be in aid of the Irish Heart Foundation. And then on Saturday, if you're looking for somewhere to go, the Mullaboy Industrial Estate in Navan Rehab Care there have their Christmas fair on on Saturday from 11 until 2 o'clock. Loads of stalls there with jewellery and toys, bric-a-brac and there's also a tea room. Loads, loads more to get you in the mood for Christmas and do a little bit of your Christmas shopping. Now just taking us up to Community Diary we're going to take a fabulous Christmas song from Andy Williams and we're going to dedicate this to Paddy Cole for his 80th birthday next week Happy Birthday Paddy from all of us here at LMFM The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan Pre-book your new car for the new year and we'll hold all prices and you're very welcome back to Late Lunch. Now, earlier in the programme, we ran our competition in conjunction with the Station House Hotel in Kilmesson in County Meath. They're welcoming the return of Brian Kennedy coming back there for a Christmas concert on Monday, December the 23rd at 8 o'clock. Now, we asked you the question, where is Brian Kennedy from? The answer there, of course, was Belfast. And our winner today is Joan Caffrey in Ardcath in County Meath. Well done, Joan. Those tickets will be on their way out to you. So a pair of tickets along with your four-course dinner for the show with Brian Kennedy. Now there's a very special event on this Friday night at the Village Hotel in Bettystown in County Meath. It's a Christmas party night in aid of that wonderful organisation known as So Sad. And on the line to tell us more about the evening is Jay Egan. How are you Jay? Hi Louise, how are you? Are you well? It's Joan here, how are you? Joan, sorry. Yeah, not at all. You were talking to Louise earlier in the day. So I was indeed. And that's no problem. You get women mixed up very easily on the phone Jay, wouldn't you? We all yeah, sound the same. I to tell you the part. Oh, <laughs> we all oh, sound the, the same. Phone, that is, over, the <laughs> over the phone, exactly. Yeah. So the Friday evening. So tell us what's what's happening on Friday in Betty's Town. 
Yes, yeah, so basically um, we have a number of people come together to organise a fundraising event for SoSAD. Um, Maddie Morgan down there who does uh, a lot of work and is the main organiser and, and runs things down there. Um, we said, look, uh, Joe Farrell, who's a local man, came into the hotel and said, look, Jay, how about we organise this fun- fundraising event and do it through a Christmas party? So we're going to have, let's say, um, 50% of ticket sales going to... Uh, the proceeds for going uh, for so sad. Uh, we're going to have a raffle on the night where we're going to be uh, where you can win a holiday uh, for two people uh, and in Spain flights and accommodation included. My dad generously uh, put that forward as as a you know as a great prize for someone to win on the night, and then a number of other spot prizes through the night. And um, we're going to have like say a finger food with uh, with drinks. Uh, and then we'll also have live music. So it so, sounds fantastic. And so, is, so 10 euro from every ticket sold will go to SoSAD, is that right? That's right, yeah. yeah. And then obviously all the, um, the proceeds from the raffle as well. And, uh, you know, there's some great prizes there. So. And you're expecting a big crowd, are you? Yeah, yeah, we're expecting um, in excess of 100, 150 people. Um, you know, we've had uh, a lot of good response to it. Uh, Joe Farrell, who I mentioned who kind of came into me uh, about this idea. He's been talking to a lot of people out there and uh, I'm trying to get as many of the local people involved as possible, you know. And Jay, how much are the tickets and where can you get them? So uh, 20 euro um, is the price of the tickets and you can get them in the hotel. You can either phone up um, or you can call out and pick up a ticket or we will also be, you know, taking... Um, on the night we'll also be taking for tickets there too yeah. and so for 20 euro you're going to get Prosecco when you arrive in the door there's that's going to be right. a live band and there's also my my dread now a hypnotist that's going to be great fun altogether a hypnotist so getting people up to do all sorts of weird crazy things on the stage that's going to be great fun altogether and then a DJ till the wee small hours yes that's, so that's right. amazing yeah, for 20 yeah. euro yeah absolutely yeah no it'll be a great night and uh, we've had a couple of party nights out there last weekend and uh, to be fair it's gone down really well um, it's great space out there and um, yeah as I said really it's about uh, so sad and uh, trying to raise as much for them as uh, uh, obviously through the proceeds but also then the awareness as well of what the, what the event is all about and who of it's course, for you know of course because you know so sad does wonderful work with mental health issues especially this time of the year of course it's it's to the forefront again so a very worthy cause if you're looking for something to do this coming Friday night get along to the Village Hotel in Betty's Town Jay thanks a million for telling us no about problem, the event Joe. best of luck thank with you. it thanks for the call okay happy thank Christmas you. Jay thank you very much indeed I think we're going to take a song now, piece of music. Yeah, let's take a bit from One Direction. Yeah, lovely stuff. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. You're very, very welcome back to Late Lunch. Now, if you're stuck for a perfect gift for somebody this Christmas, maybe they're away abroad somewhere, or maybe they're at home, we might have an answer for you. The Drogheda Down Memory Lane calendar for 2020 is out now. And by buying it, you'll be supporting four great charities at the same time. Now, in studio, I have Tom Riley and Peter Kieran's here to tell me all about it. How are you, lads? Great, thanks. Tell me all about this now. Where did it come from, the calendar? Where did the idea come from? How long are you going? So, well, the Facebook page started about 2012. <coughs> It was an idea by Donna Hayes who decided to put a photograph up of uh, one of her family and um, it just kind of snowballed from there Uh, and lo and behold today 2019 we have 21,000 members which is huge. So the calendar was was born out of I think did did you contact the the DDML page in the, in the uh, No I think I think they actually posted up they were thinking of uh, producing a calendar mm. and then we stepped in and offered to produce it. Euro printers. Yeah, Anglo printers. So, Anglo uh, printers. Yeah, so we we offered to produce it for for the uh, the, the page and uh, blossom from there. It's an absolutely yeah. beautiful calendar as I look through it here. It's uh, the photographs in and it's so it's so glossy and well produced. It's and actually it's a beautiful thing altogether. The yeah. photographs in it are gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Where where do you go about sourcing these photographs? So well, it's a, it's a thing. The the page is all about photographs and it's it's a huge it's taken off huge time. Um, people love old photographs. Firstly, you know, it was pe- pictures of people mm. and families and people would comment and so on. Oh, I know him, I know her and she's married to so-and-so and they live down the road and so on. Yeah. Um, so, and then it sort of snowballed into much more, if you like, um, postcard quality photographs go up and that's they're quite rare. 
Um, but there's lots of photographs that have been taken over the years, uh, particularly in the 19th century, that are very old and very well taken. So, um, there's, you know, it, people if people go on the Facebook page uh, and if you explore mm. the Facebook page, you can actually see all the photographs that have ever been posted there. Um, so there's just lots of them. But there is a big significant difference um, with a postcard quality yes. photograph as opposed to just a photograph that might have been taken with a family in a, in a, in a small context. So um, that's quite significant because we're, we're running out of photographs. So you were saying, and apparently if, if somebody comes to you with a photograph and we'll suppose it's an old photograph, we'll say from whenever, 50, 60, 70 years ago, and if it comes over to you to, to try to print that, is, is that a lot of work? Can you actually do uh, that? What's happened, what's, happened, what's happened to us, John, is that... Uh, uh, obviously, this is our fifth calendar, and uh, mm. for the first three years, we really used all the resources that we had, which was all the good quality photographs. And we've been struggling for the last two years uh, to, to source uh, some quality photographs to reproduce. Uh, last year, we really struggled, and we actually went down a different road and produced uh, a FLA calendar uh, with FLA pictures, yeah. which went down very well. But this year, Again, we struggled to try and source some old photographs, so we actually uh, got the help of some fantastic local photographers who produced um, some modern photographs, and we incorporated the new with the old. Uh, So we went for a different tack this year, Uh, but obviously that's worked this year. Next year is another matter. If we can... If we find enough photographs, old photographs to produce one next year, we'll be back again. And if we don't, I'm afraid this could be our last year. I don't like that, that you're saying if if you find enough photographs, you have to, because this is an absolutely beautiful piece of work here. Well, we, Anglo do a great job. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's as good as you will get. But we might just use, we hadn't considered this, but we might just use this as an opportunity, Joan, to ask folk if they could, you know, rise to this challenge, because we have absolutely. a challenge. Yeah. And it's it's a conundrum because uh, it's not simply a case of you can pick any photograph. That's just not the way it works. Um, so if somebody can come up with uh, an answer to the conundrum, we need good quality photographs. It's a draw it down memory lane calendar. So we don't want to lose the theme. So we want to be okay. still, you know, evoking memories and have people look at stuff and go, oh, my God, I remember that shop. Yeah. I remember that corner. You know, I remember the, the church, the way it looked in those days when there were railings around, all that sort of yeah. stuff. So, I mean, if there's somebody who are much more intelligent than Peter and I and the other people involved <laughs> and who can come up with a solution, you know, we'd be very glad because we have the resources. Peter is graciously... I'm, I'm perfectly happy to produce it again for the charities. I mean, uh, over the last five years, we've, we've you know, the, the net contribution to the charities has been €50,000, 10000 a year. Uh, divided between the four charities and I know that they're very appreciative of it uh, every year. We should mention who, who they are. Absolutely. Of course, it's the Boyne Fishermen's, the Alzheimer's Society, the Drogheda Senior Citizens and Boomerang, of course, which deals with young people. Yeah, absolutely. So four and very deserving charities. Very deserving charities and uh, four charities that are a pleasure to work with, I have to say, every year. Uh, they're very thankful for it and, and, and to be fair, the town of Drogheda supports it very, very well every year. The people uh, of draw to support they sell, uh, out. They they sell, sell out, out every year so it's fantastic yeah. they sell out every year so there must be people out there with box loads of photographs up in the attic that their granny took or their uncle took or somebody has them at home there has to be photographs out there so if anybody has them then how will they go about getting them to you well the Facebook page is the, is the contact um, hmm. you know conduit if you like so that's that's the way they could do it it's just draw it down memory lane and don't worry if they're old black and whites or anything like that they can be all restored well, we, we, the, to the, a point the, or can the, they yeah to a point yeah, I mean, mm. if they're badly, um, if they if what they call the DPI, which is the dots per inch, I'm getting technical now. But if, no, it's, that's right. if it's yeah, if it's not um, adequate enough, and it's not, there, there's a wow too with a calendar. You don't want yeah. to produce a, a a a bad calendar with photographs that are only just about. You yeah, know, there's 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 only so much we can we can, you know, improve a photograph. Mm. You know. Uh, your old print background coming in there with the DPI. Yeah, the DPI, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just looking through it here and I had a quick look at it just before you guys came into studio. So the month of September, the old Abbey, that photograph, that is stunning. That's the one that really stuck with me. I came out to you and I said, that's my favourite one. Yeah. And yeah, then the next page for October as well, then contrast, there's the Boyne Cable Bridge. That's right. But it's taken yeah. from underneath it. Yeah. yeah. yeah and at night time. Beautiful. With, with, the, with the old Abbey one, uh, I suppose there's been a lot of work done down in the old Abbey over the last... Uh, number of years with a lot yeah. of volunteer work done by certain individuals and I thought it's nice to uh, to get the old Abbey in there because it, it rec- you know it it, 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 uh, 
it, it showcases the work that the locals have done, you know, in, in bringing it back to its former glory. And of course, then on the right hand side of the of the um, yeah of the of September, you have the old pictures of the old abbey yeah. and what it looked like in its old days. Yeah, uh, it hasn't really changed that much, to be fair. No, it so looks it's really, fantastic. really clean now. And uh, full credit to those who have brought it back, restored that's, it that's to Eugene to Burning its and glory. John Bannon, who were the two guys responsible for that mainly. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And then yeah. when you turn over to the next page and you see the Boyne Cable Bridge taken from underneath on the boardwalk there, and it's a rainy night. And the the lights are reflecting in the puddles on the, on the walk. It's just that's gorgeous. That's, that's probably one of my favourite photographs. Yeah, in there. yeah. They're it's a wow. I think the photographs are a wow. And one of the reasons is because of the the photographers in particular, and we're very grateful to them for providing those. We we uh, there are local photographers, and and there's a Facebook page called the Beauty of Drogheda, and they share their photographs up there. And when you see, and they're all contemporary, they're all modern. Um, but when you see them, they just some of them do take your breath away, you know. And do you get stories that come in with these photographs oh when God, people send? Do you get great old yarns that yeah, come in we with do. them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's well, the best we, story you've ever heard oh, that you can think tonight. of off well, the top of your head? Ghost stories, you know. There's story, ghost, ghost stories, ghost stories, oh, ghost stories. Brilliant, yeah. bring them on. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's the story about uh, uh, Hardman. You know, Hardman's Gardens down the far side, which is over that direction. Um, <laughs> the lady who died, and uh, she was supposed to have uh, a ring on her finger that was very valuable. And uh, there was a wake, and after the wake, um, somebody decided, you know, when everybody moved away, they, she went, they went over to the body to see if they could take the ring off. And, of course, the lady woke up at that particular moment. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're not going to so tell that, me you have a photo of that scary. now. Oh, yeah, of course we do. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Tom, Tom could have his own radio show with stories. <laughs> I bet you. I bet, well, there must be great memories and, and great old yarns altogether going with a lot of these photographs. I can't tell you how it stimulates. I beg your pardon, John, but what it does is it stimulates memories for people all over the world which is great we have members who are everywhere and I mean like Tibet you know Timbuktu um, Australia America uh, you know and they can keep in touch with the Facebook page, you see, uh, yeah. where you are in the world, no matter where you are in the world. Absolutely. And, and I mean, the calendar travels all over the world. Mm. Uh, I remember that, that when, when the charities were up uh, collecting the calendars this year, one of them was telling me that they, they posted uh, six calendars to Japan. Yeah. So, you know, they, they yeah. travels the world. They really? Go yeah. So people all over the world who are from Drogheda or from that local Request, area. Request, the thing yeah. is, yeah, when, they, when they actually buy a calendar, uh, the money is kept locally, which is which I think is key. You know, there are lots of charities out there and, and these days there's, there's so much going on and people are asking for your money everywhere and I, and I get yeah. all that and that's very laudable. But for us, uh, you know, to keep it local yeah, is, when, is key. When, when, the thing to remember is when you hand over your 10 euro, whichever charity you give it to, it's gone direct to that charity there's no hidden costs there's no cost to the charity so it's that 10 year goes straight to the charity Right oh, tell us where we can get them then where are they available well they're, they're available all over the town I know that Boomerang are selling them today in the Drada Shopping Centre lovely in the town centre um, each each charity uh, has, has different uh, outlets for, for selling them I know if you actually go on to each individual charity's Facebook page it'll, it'll tell you exactly where you can buy them That's some exactly of them are selling them in shops and some lovely. of them are selling them door to door lovely so all different routes Drogheda down memory lane calendar 2020 10 euro and an absolutely four great charities so go out and buy them for your little Christmas stocking filler or for people who are living abroad they'd be delighted to get it Tom and Peter thanks a million for coming in we're going to take a Christmas song now in Spanish would you believe Feliz Navidad the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. Now you're very, very welcome back to Late Lunch. Now, hundreds of Irish people who went on holiday to the United States this year bought and brought home these new dolls called Survivor Dolls. They're for children who are battling cancer across the world and particularly here in Ireland. Well, Dunboyne man Jimmy Norman, who established Avian's Pink Tie, knows more about it. And Jimmy's on the line now to tell us more. How are you, Jimmy? Hello, John. How are you? Thanks a million for joining me and taking the time out of your day to, to talk to us on Late Lunch. No Jimmy, tell us about these dolls. It's a it's it's a it's a it's a lovely story, John, and uh, and it's very uh, it's very appropriate for this time of the year, and shows wonderful humanity and kindness in this country that that we've always displayed. But basically, um, I I I work with a lot of charities across the world, and I pay attention to all the other children's car- cancer charities across the world, and I've seen an idea by a friend of mine in, in America called the Survivor Doll, and <clears throat> basically the doll is designed for children that have cancer to help them understand. To help them empathise and 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 see something that you know they they can identify with. 
I've seen a picture of these dolls. They're they're fairly big now. They're not a small like a Barbie doll. They're they're quite a big doll, and and they have no hair, and they have little head scarves and things. Yeah, absolutely, and you know that's 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 gas part about it, John, because. Like to take one of these things back to Ireland in your in your luggage is actually quite a big deal. And yeah. I just had a friend come back from Los Angeles last week, and she had four in her luggage. You know, and the amount of effort and it's just it's just absolutely fabulous the amount of effort that people are putting in, and it's I love it. So people just heard about these dolls and know that they they're available in the states, and that thought they'd be gorgeous for for the children over here who are sick in hospital, and they just bought them and brought them back. That's yeah, amazing. I, it, yeah, initially when I was talking to my friend Lynn Steufler in Cubers for children in, in the States, I was asking her all the information about them and she was giving it to me. And then I was saying, you know, it's going to be very expensive to actually ship them back. The doll, the doll is actually quite reasonable. It's $28 in the States, but it's actually quite a lot of money to actually ship them back mm. in any kind of numbers. And that's when all my friends reached out. And an old friend of mine, Karen Knoll, she, was coming, she lives in Florida. She was coming home to see her mum, who was not too well. And she says, Jim, I'll bring one of those dolls home for you. Um, we put the, we put the story out on um, on Facebook, and the Irish Independent picked up on it. And a little girl got a present of the doll, and now it was like you know a tsunami of dolls is heading towards Ireland. <laughs> I see that the DHL are bringing a shipment from Texas. Is that right? It's actually a, a, a company called Allergan. Um, they're a, they're a huge pharmaceutical company, and <clears throat> one of the girls, uh, the ladies from uh, the Strip and Dip. That uh, you know, raised yeah. a huge amount of money for Abby's Victoria. She has uh, a brother that works them. She they were they were approached because they ship quite a lot of pharmaceuticals back from the states, and they actually covered the cost. And they're bringing back 121, which I estimated would have cost us about around eight thousand dollars to ship yeah. back. So that was a huge saving and something I couldn't have justified. Absolutely, eight thousand in shipping costs alone. Exactly. And, and and tell me, what do they mean to the kids? Have you seen some of the kids receiving these dolls? Oh, this has been absolutely fabulous. There's one little girl, um, and you know she has Down syndrome, but children with Down syndrome can be very susceptible to uh, leukemia. And uh, she, according little Raiden, um, her little video on Facebook at the moment is running at over 180,000 views. She signs thank you to me. <laughs> it's absolutely heart rendering. But the most beautiful story was I gave it to a little girl, Evie from Swords. And I said to Evie, do you like the doll? And she's only a little girl, she's only three or four. And she says, yes, I love the doll, Jimmy. And she says to her mammy, mammy, I have to keep her warm because you remember when I had no hair? Remember when I had no hair, mammy? Uh-oh. So I have to keep my dolly warm. And oh, Jenny Mac. <laughs> oh my God almighty, should that have bring? oh my God almighty, get choked up just even thinking about that. Yes, it was pretty hard for me actually when I was, I was on RTE there on the news and as I was recounting the story, it, it actually got me, I actually choked on, um, I choked on the story, you know, it's oh. so touching. I can and these dolls are only available in the States so at the moment, is that right? Yeah, uh, yes, and you know what I think about that as well, John? I actually, that was one of the wonders. I think if they had been readily available, you could have gone into Smith's or gone anywhere to buy one. Mm. I, don't think, I don't think the idea would have worked. I, I think the, I think the, it's the rescuing the soldiers off the beach in Dunkirk, it's bringing them back to Ireland, you know what I mean? Every little, yeah. every little plane, big companies involved. It's just been, and everybody now has a chance you know, to show the love to, to a child fighting cancer and it's just been absolutely beautiful. I just love the story. And of course, the dolls will help to ease the anxiety for the kids. I mean, how do you even go about starting to tell a child, look, you're going to lose your hair? Uh, you know, little boys as well, but especially little girls, you know, so these dolls would go a long way to sort of easing the fear of that. I remember when um, my little Avian, who sadly passed away from cancer when yeah. she was eight, eight years of age, and we brought her into the consultant, uh, Professor O'Mara, and we were talking to Avian, and we had to explain to Avian, you know, Avian, you're going to lose your hair, and it was it was actually quite upsetting for very upsetting for me and for Primary. But the Avian turned around to the doctor, and in typical Avian spirit, she says, "Does that mean I'm going to be baldy like me da?" <laughs> <laughs> she, would she well, have loved these dolls, Jimmy? Would she? Sorry, oh, that's you know what that was actually the first thing that when I when I seen it for the first doll in the United States when I looked at it on um, on Facebook and, and Lynn was showing the dolls. I said, the very first thing that occurred to me was Avian would like that doll, and that message from heaven that inspired me then to say, well, Avian, you're getting the doll, 
and you're going to give it to all the little kids. Oh, gosh. that's Oh, Jimmy, you're having me in bits here. <laughs> Avine's Pink Tie, of course, is, is a fantastic, fantastic charity. So there's a new house in Dublin, is there, Jimmy? And you tell me about this. It, 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 another miracle, and another miracle of Avine's Pink Tie. <clears throat> Everybody, um, Avine's, Avine's Little Village is Dumboyan and the, the, the great spirit and community of Dunboyne actually led the way in, and, and, and it was a shining light for me in, in, in the founding and, and, and me and Mick Rochford in the founding of Avian's Pink Toy. But um, about two or three years ago, there was a massive fundraiser by a lot of the ladies and they actually they stripped off. They ran into the Irish Sea, two and a half thousand of them. Yeah. They raised a half a million euros. And when we went back to our board of Avian's Pink Toy, Mick and myself, we, we were very, very uh, adamant that we wanted to see the money being used correctly and that it could be shown, we could show the fundraisers what was going to be done with it. And it had been always a dream of ours to, to have a house uh, of, for, for children and their families that are fighting cancer, especially families from the countryside, families from Dundalk, from Forderway, Donegal, mm. Kerry, Cork. It now, you know, it's very hard to get accommodation in Dublin, it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. So we bought a house for €350,000 and over the last uh, six to eight months, it's been stripped from top to bottom, and it's been it's completely refurbished from the inside out. And it's now a lovely three-bedroom upstairs, and there's a single bedroom on the ground floor. The whole ground floor can be lived on. Um, it's got wheelchair accessible, bathroom, a kitchen, a downstairs bedroom, and that means that if a child's in a wheelchair, that yeah. they can um, they can uh, you know they can live on the ground yeah, floor. It's accessible, yeah. Yeah. And so, if parents are coming up with their sick child to Dublin, they can stay there for free. Yes, that's the best. That's that's the, that's the main thing about it. Because of Avian's Pink Toy, there may be some very very nominal fee to do with uh, to do with legalities. Do you understand? You yes, know, of course. Be, you know, <clears throat> there may be something, but it'll be nominal. Uh, the, the big object of the house is to, is to help as many families as possible. You know, in a very dark uh, place, the house is called Avian's Lighthouse, and I was I was very very much inspired by the people of Cooley and the Cooley Peninsula in Carlingford and the beautiful Harbowl and Lighthouse in, in Carlingford Lock, um, which features very, very heavily around the house. So a lighthouse to bring people back home safely and keep them nice and warm and, and, in, and in, in a really, really lovely, lovely environment. And it has a garden as well, I believe. It's got the most... It's got, I absolutely adore um, uh, the Carlingford area um, and the Cooley area. Beautiful, um, yeah. There's a, there's a huge fundraiser every year done in Cooley for, for Avian's Pink Toy and it was initiated by my great friend now, uh, Paul Bougie Boyle, who's a legend of, uh, of the Cooley Peninsula yeah. and the Cooley area. And, not, and, and, um, and Derek and all the guys in um, Lily Finnegan's, they organise a, a festival every year. But this year they organised a festival and I suggested to the guys that they may, uh, they could help us do the garden of Avian's Lighthouse and that there would be a sense of the area of Cooley, a sense of the area of Carlingford in the garden, a sense of calm. And I have to say, it's the most beautiful garden. And if you ever get an opportunity to send one of your outside broadcasts up, you should come up and see it. It's Definitely. the pride of, the, of Cooley. It's, it's absolutely magnificent. Absolutely. And I'd like to say thank you to the people of Cooley and Whitestown. And a big special thank you to the, the Cooley Manshed. And there was an awful lot of local businesses, but I just can't get through them all. But I hope they understand that. And that my heartfelt thanks from, from Avian and from me, I, I, I extend to everybody who helped. Jimmy, any chance you could take us some photographs of that beautiful house and garden and send them to us? We'll put it up on our Facebook page if you could do that for us. Of course, of course. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it really is a haven in, in, in the sea. Yeah. It's, 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 for me, it's, it's, it's amazing. A lot of country kids will come up. They'll never be in a part of Dublin. Like It's so busy, like, you know. Yeah, of um, course. And it, but it's a great area. And the people have been fabulous around uh, Drimna and Crumlin. And they will embrace the people that have to go there. And they will look after them. Jimmy, you're an amazing man. I'm sure Avian is looking down on you with great pride altogether. And thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing for all those sick children out there. And thanks for taking the time today to talk to us, Jimmy. Thank you very much for helping me thank the people of Cooley and the people of Carlingford. Not at all. That's our pleasure. They are very special and I wish to thank them with all of my heart. You're very, very welcome, Jimmy. It's our pleasure. Thanks a million. Thank you. Thanks a million, John. Well, thank that's you. it now for another late lunch. Thanks to everybody, to all our listeners, to Louise, of course, and to all my guests. We're going to leave you now with a lovely Christmas song, Leona Lewis, and one more sleep. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.